not intoxicated could not explain his nudity. You Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Austin, Texas. Podcast hosted by Bruce and Steve. Yeah. Recording in progress. <laughs> Let's see if I push the right button. Yay, we're back. What the happened? crowd goes wild. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, welcome back. Episode 28, Slurp Toast the Podcast on this lovely Thursday, the 9th of September. You've been traveling again. Yeah, just to Denver. Family trip to the folks? Well, babe, <laughs> for her 16th birthday, we were going to let her go to Harry Styles. And, of course, COVID kept pushing I that. I assume that means the concert and not a tour bus. Correct. <laughs> okay. Correct. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, it got pushed off, pushed off, pushed off, and it was going to be – it was this weekend. Babe decided not to go, so I went. She was going to miss too much at dance and palmies and all this other stuff. So I went and saw my mom and dad. Okay. Did you, were you able to sell the Harry Styles tickets? Gave them to my nephew and his friend ah, from college. So, gotcha. yeah. Okay. So it's a win-win. That's yeah, pretty great. much. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. So cool. nice long weekend in Denver. Cool. It's very manly. It's very alpha. Yeah, my dad planned the itinerary. <laughs> As it started off, he's like, you want to go to a baseball game? I was like, sure, that'd be fun. He goes, I've got new clubs I want to try out. You want to golf? I was like, I'm not bringing clubs. He's like, we'll find you some rentals. And then That's fair. Find some <laughs> rental left-handed clubs. Your dad's not playing. No, your dad's no fool. I still won. <laughs> Because uh, uh, once I figured out how to hit a couple of them, right? I told my dad, I was like, it, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to, it's it's driver, putter, and like three of these wedges. Not touching the fairway woods because I can't hit them. So, and that that's what I did because I can hit a fairway iron a long way. Which means something to people who play golf. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm just nodding along. Yeah. And then we did Top Golf, and that was like a family thing. Stacy and her new husband and Bradley and the, the little one came out. So we, uh, that like was a, fun too. It's like a driving range on steroids, right? Yeah. And uh, they added, they add games. They added games since the last time I did it. And so, yeah. So if you've never been to Top Golf, it's like a driving range on steroids, but you have all these targets out there and you can play different games and you can hit the targets, get points and all that. Okay. We played angry birds, <clears throat> which it top golf tracks the ball. So it knows where your ball goes. Right. Okay. Little chips inside telemetry knows the path. So what it does is it, it overlays like in the angry birds, the, the pig shelter, it overlays it onto the, the, their course with the targets. 
And so you have to then basically go, that's the yellow target, that's the green, the red target, and that's the blue target. And they've put this pig house in between them virtually. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to hit the target. I'm going to hit to the right of the target. And so I'm going to hit the house. Huh? So you hit the so, house? Yeah. So you hit the imaginary house. So you, you pretty much have to be able to imagine this house existing in 3D space based on just, you know, two or three parts of information. So what you're telling me is Rain Man would excel at Top Golf and Reverse. Yes, he did. <laughs> it was sort of implied, but okay. Yeah. No, no, because I got out there and I, I, I was looking at it going, so if that's that target, oh, okay, I get it now. Whap. But then I turn around and I go back to the crowd and I'm one hit, pigs are dead. And then I'm hoping that I've guessed right. <laughs> uh, and then they also do one like Candy Crush with the jewels. And it says, you know, you've got a red ball. Uh -huh. So now you got to try and figure out where to put that to change a crystal. And Jeez. actually kind of that's once you get into it and figure it out, I can see where that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'd be it's it's way more fun than just trying to hit the blue target or whenever I get, you know, bored trying to hit the fence on the fly <laughs> at the back <laughs> of the It's a very you thing to do though. All right, I'm done shooting at targets. Let's go for the wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one's out of here. <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. It made for a fun weekend. Cool, cool. Glad you had a good time. Mm -hmm. And then the family gave me the green light to uh, do some of the things I do best, which was to go after the ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about this the other day. Uh, your uh, your oldest sister, your middle well, she's your oldest sister, your little child, and your family uh, has an ex-husband you don't think much of, and you shared the uh, the exchange with me, and you barely lit him up. I read it to my wife. Uh, and she enjoyed it immensely. She thought it was quite nice. So I don't think I talked to you afterwards where I was making fun of him for being catfished, right? Mm -hmm. You know, because I, I kept making the law. I kept telling him, pay your child support, pay your child support. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, he goes, you don't know the whole story. I told your sister to get Venmo because that's the way I do it. And I wrote back, Venmo? Is that what your fake girlfriends had you use? And then I wrote after that, and by fake, I mean men. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, to his detriment, he said only one of them was. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? He, he yeah. owned one of them? Wait a minute. Which, when you, yeah, my repost, but my reply back was just ha 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 ha. <laughs> because. And he sailed right over his head. You know, oh my god, because it, it basically in that sentence he admitted that he gave money to a man passing as a woman mm -hmm. and that he had done this multiple times uh -huh. <laughs> with no sense of self awareness or irony. No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't I, think so. This is the question I well, have. you, you, you read some of the exchanges, he yeah. was trying to provoke me, and yeah, and it's like, and, well, that's a bad idea. Well, yeah, he was trying to at first like verbally gel or uh, you know, verbally gel with, with you, you know, via text, whatever that is, textually gel with you. Uh, yeah, it's like you, well. uh, yeah, you screwed up passive aggressive. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, now you fucked up aggressive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. 
I, you know, he called, he called you a pussy. I'm like, well, that's just that's just low hanging fruit and not even up to the standard, the low standard you've set. Come on, man. You can buy a thesaurus, you know. <laughs> Mewling Quim. You've seen a Marvel movie, right? <laughs> oh uh, God. So this is the question I have after being, you know. Uh, tangentially involved in this escapade. And it's a question I've wondered many times when you and I have seen, have had sort of this conversation, because I've known Stacy almost as long as I've known you. Hi, yep. Stacy. We're bringing yep. you into this now. Um, <laughs> she doesn't listen, so we're being what, okay. What the hell did she see in this guy? You know, he was, he was I don't know. He was nice in the beginning, but it, it, it quickly went uh, sideways. Okay. You know. Fair enough. I won't. I think that might be the best way to put it. Is it it was nice at first, then it just kind of went sideways. Fair enough. You know, (laughs) I told him one of the exchanges. It's like, you know, I like your replacement so much better. (laughs) Plus, I don't have to worry about him stealing my stuff when I'm not looking. That was epic. That was very well played. Did he ever respond to that? Uh, He kept trying. That was actually in the thread, which meant that it was public for a while. And then his his son comes on. <laughs> it's like because he started deleting all my responses, and so it just looked like him going, "Ha ha, you're so funny! Ha ha, you pussy! Ha ha!" You know, in the email thread. Like he was like having well, a without, conversation with himself. Correct. And so, yeah, uh, my my nephew was like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> <laughs> He's even failing at deletion. That's bad. It took him a day and a half to delete the original comment. So, wow! I think right it took to... him two to to block me. <laughs> oh man, these are people that are sharing the same oxygen as us. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh yeah, I if if it ever fires up again, I I I I, I have some things to work with. And more importantly, you have the family's blessing to engage at this point. Um, yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind is all you ever need. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't say stop. <laughs> <laughs> Which you kind of have to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's one of those, it's like, okay, I, I've waited. The kids are now in college. Yeah. I can throw a glove off. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd already sort of drawn your line in the sand when you let your nephew stay at your house and told him his dad had to sleep in the car. So, I mean, you know, uh-huh. it was a line already drawn pretty, pretty <laughs> clearly. He ever comes back by, it's like he doesn't even get out of the fucking truck. If I see him touch my driveway, <laughs> <laughs> calling the cops. <laughs> I might go call the cops on him for sleeping in the Walmart parking lot anyway. <laughs> they might not respond to people sleeping in the Walmart parking lot, though. Yeah, it's worth a shot. The, the one other thing I want to ask you about from your trip, and it was a picture I saw on Instagram, and I have I have so many questions. You posted a picture of, of a mango Pepsi, first of all. <laughs> no, mango zero sugar Pepsi. Okay, now I have even more questions. What the <laughs> fuck are you doing drinking Pepsi? Question one. So I normally drink Diet Dr. Pepper. Right. You know, if, if that we can get a plug. Look, I'm Diet Dr. Pepper. <laughs> 
Uh, and you can never find it in airports because it's usually Coke and Pepsi that sort of dominate the right. the gift shop thing. Sure. So I get into this one and they've got regular Dr. Pepper, no diet Dr. Pepper, diet Coke, which tastes like chemical spill. Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, I, I, I will drink that in the, the sort of last ditch thing. And if I'm going to go to bed, because it usually gives me a headache, I just... <laughs> Tension, headaches, throbbing, it's got to be unhealthy. Yeah, Laura, Laura likes Coke Zero. She can taste it like Coke. I'm like, no, no, it doesn't. Uh, babes call those uh, lemon Cokes. It's just like, I don't know what that film it puts on my tongue is, but that, uh, that was regular Coke. Uh, I, I can cut lemon or zero, Coke Zero and Diet Coke, and it's usually not too bad. But So anyway, uh, my choices were uh, Diet Coke, no. Diet Pepsi, no. And then it had like wild cherry Pepsi. And I was like, oh, if they had diet wild cherry, I think I could pull that one off. That'd be really close to Dr. Pepper. It, yeah, that, that, yes. Uh, but then they had diet mango or zero sugar mango Pepsi, uh, which I believe the post said not fucking horrible. So, you what know, that's a ringing endorsement. Right of reanimator bullshit is that. I don't <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll be their slogan. <laughs> Mango Coke, mango Pepsi Zero, not fucking horrible. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna have to like, be uh, incredulous as to that. But it's kind of like uh, Boone's Farm in college, where you know, like the, it says on the bottle, "Drink extremely cold." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and don't let it get warm. Don't let it go flat, because by the yeah. time I got home last night, it had flattened out, and. Uh, the, the last sip was not as refreshing as the first. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the last one you're like, hmm, maybe I will try coffee tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that thought the other day because I'm not a coffee drinker either. And I'm like, you know, I need to cut soda out. But goddamn, I went without soda for two days and I had a raging headache. And I'm like, I'm not supposed to drink black tea because of the kidney stones. My options are running out here. Is it time to go to coffee? No. no. Yeah, drink lukewarm water first. <laughs> yeah, I will. I drink, you know, four, five, six of these a day. <laughs> oh, there we go. That'll keep the kidney stones away. That's the hope. That's the dream. <laughs> Is my urine supposed to be clear? <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not brown, I'm good. Um, there we go. <laughs> or full of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like asparagus. <laughs> urine talk folks stay stay tuned um (laughs) potty mouths (laughs) literally (laughs) so let's see what have we what have we not let's talk about what if for a few minutes can we do that because i think the last time we had just seen like the first episode or maybe the first two first two episodes and we were talking about how like like the peggy carter one was was it was okay, but it basically followed Steve Rogers. It just flipped the rules. Right, right. Uh, the second one was, I guess, just, you know, one more opportunity to work Chadwick Bozeman because it didn't make sense for them to have stolen him, but whatever. And kept him. That was and keep him. Yeah, okay, so you got the wrong kid. Put him back and go get Peter Quill, who's working for Dairy Queen. Yeah, that, that part didn't make a whole lot of sense. Was, but, but it was fun because, it was. It, it, you know, it, yeah, everybody knew him as. 
yeah, I think we talked about it last time. How that one was they 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 flipped that that one little change and then they did, they did the big flips. He stopped Thanos. Thanos was a reaver. All those kind of things that make what if stories fun. They <laughs> did, regardless of the sketchiness of the premise. Right. And then we talked about how it, it would be good if they leaned into the weird and Which brings us to episode three. Well, yeah, and, and actually embraced the sort of, you know, don't just flip a roll. Let, let's, you know, do something bold. So they ended the world. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then watch it till Dr. Strings, Dr. Strings to fuck off. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah. Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that happened. So if you haven't seen it, by the way, spoilers, anytime we start talking about this, if you've been listening this long, we don't do spoiler alerts until it's too late. But anyway, <laughs> we're moving forward. Episode I think three, the assumption is that after you and I've seen it, everybody's seen it. That's kind of what I would do. Something we've got a week and a half in between podcasts. So, you know, I assume you're up to date. Um, so spoilers. Uh, episode three, Doctor Strange. Uh, what if he lost his heart and not his hands? And he, he lost his lady love in the crash. Um, and decided he needed to accumulate massive amounts of power to break an Im- impenetrable time point. An unchangeable, yeah, a Doctor Who. So, it's one of those so, events that they can't yeah. interfere with. Yeah. So, it, was, yeah. it was actually kind of a Doctor Who episode, wasn't it? In that regard. And he talks, about, like Doctor Who has said that there was always events that couldn't be changed. Yeah, and that, that premise was brought to, into the What If series. Uh, and in the course of that, uh, Doctor Strange... Uh, turned evil in his attempts to bring his love back to life. Uh, and the consequences as previously discussed were catastrophic. It was the end of that particular node in the multiverse. Yes. And how did you describe knowing a character in what if is evil? Oh, he had a goatee. Well, no, no, oh, he had the red eyes. He yeah. had the red the bags the, under his the eyes. The red yes. eyes, yeah. Anytime you see that, that's not good news. Star um, Trek it's the goatee. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Um that was episode three. And have you watched? I've not watched four because I got in kind of late last okay. night. Well, my, my plane was delayed because we were waiting on transfer luggage. Always fun. Yeah. Okay. And so, you know, and I, we ended up being almost an hour delayed. Um, but apparently I did fall asleep for part of that sitting on the tarmac. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, we, we lost uh, 20 minutes. We'll make that up in the air. Cause they just, you know, make it go faster, whatever they do, you know, they don't floor it or punch it. They, boom. Um, yeah, but we get home like almost 30, 40 minutes late, <laughs> you know, uh, we uh, made up a little time and uh, look time is nine forty. you know, and I'm like, Whoa. I'm supposed to be home at like nine twenty. What the hell? You know, <laughs> lost time, man. Uh huh. So I won't spoil this week's episode for you, but they do lean further into the uh, into the weird. Which I was Good. A big fan of. That was another bleak ending. Um, I won't say. Well, I know it's zombies, but it that's zombies, not all I know. But it was a clever way. They did a clever job of bringing the Marvel zombies to the MCU without it having, well, without it being. Straight from the comics. Let me just put it that way. Um, And oh, we did miss one. We missed one. The one where um, where uh, the Avengers all get whacked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that was the one we were missing. That That was was one. That was the one that came out when we were talking about leaning into the weird. Yeah, because we said that was how they should do it: is push a premise to a a a really unexpected ending or unexpecting. Yeah. 
Yeah, and they used uh, they used some uh, classic Marvel lore. Um, again, we were, we're three weeks past, so Hank Pym ends up being the bad guy. Hank has gone nuts, which is classic. Hank Pym always has always been emotionally unstable in the comics. Uh, <laughs> as the Pym particles. <laughs> and uh, it was a nice touch. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll see more of Hank, I think. So. No, that one. That one was. They, yeah, that one. That one was good. Stephen Strange was really good, and I and I mean, if they get better, and I hope they do, or you know, just continue to to be good. There's been an upward arc to the quality of the stories. Um, yes. And I thought about it earlier when I was thinking about what stuff to talk about in this episode. I realized why they did what they did with the first episode, and that probably has already occurred to you. And I'm just still on the update, but they needed that first episode to draw on the MCU for people who weren't necessarily familiar or comfortable with the what if premise. So they had yeah. to have something that was essentially a hook to the, to the bigger audience as opposed so, yeah. to the nerds like us who know what, what yeah. if is supposed to be. We're going to change one detail and everybody's like, Oh, that's really neat. I like Peggy Carter. Clefton Carter is really cool. She's badass. I would bone her and blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah, that's like as she, she would have you, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree that you, you have to go into it slow, and then Star Lord, you get the Chadwick Boseman kind of sympathy, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to be like I don't know morbid or whatever, or you know. That's fair. It's a fair. Yeah, yeah fair but you, you basically yeah. can pull out that kind of a sympathy. Well, and because it, it was actually the last thing he did for them. So, I mean, yes. it was already in the can when mm -hmm. he passed. So, I mean, that they had that card to play. So, yeah. why the hell wouldn't they? Yep. So, how many episodes of What If Are There? I think there's 12. I think I looked the other day. 12? Wow. Because Laura was asking me how much longer this is going to go on. But, see, what I've been doing is just watch. They're 30 minutes. I've been watching them on, like, work. <laughs> I don't have to pay super attention to them. No. Yeah. Yeah, they don't require a whole lot of... Uh, oh, so what's up? Hold on. Yeah, tw uh, oh, nine. Nine. Oh, they've already, I'm oh, sorry, nine this season. So it ends on October 6th. So Just that. in time for Hawkeye or Miss Marvel? Yeah, whichever one's next. I don't even know. Yeah, so like, oh, there's a teaser. Hawkeye promises that, uh, that, you know, Jeremy Renner promises Hawkeye will be a good Christmas story. And you're like, that that's uh it's not really a hook <laughs> <laughs> doesn't really help sell the hawkeye solo series after i've watched seven seasons of arrow <laughs> the uh, only way they can make Hawk a hawkeye series work is if they follow that Matt and his name comes up every time mad faction talk, yep every time we talk about making a third tier character work in a solo series it's always matt fraction's work Yep. Because the series he did with Hawkeye was a lot of fun. It didn't <laughs> take itself. Did you ever read it? Uh, no. Um, he was living in like a brownstone in the Bronx or Brooklyn or somewhere, you know, trying to be retired, ran afoul of the Russian mob. Uh, but it was all played, oh, nice. It was all played comedically because the mobsters were always wearing like the red track suits. They see him coming, he would see them coming, he picked up a stray dog. There was the Hawkeye girl was in there somewhere. Um, it was a lot of fun, but it never took itself too seriously. 
And I don't think you're going to get, and that's always been the, what differentiated Hawkeye from Green Arrow. And we don't have that differentiation right now. Green Arrow was always so super serious, so, not that it's a bad word, but he was always the liberal in the Justice League. He was the social conscience of the Justice League. Hawkeye was the guy with bow and arrow standing next to the Hulk, so he could never take himself too seriously. <laughs> you know? And that was all, and he was a carny. Oh. Now he's a super spy. And it does, there's a, there's a problem with that part of the mythology being abandoned. It just doesn't, I mean, I know why they did it, but it makes him just another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. His hook is, you know, he's got a bow and arrow. I don't know. So Hawkeye the series needs to be lighthearted and not fractioning. Okay, then. That's my two cents, and I probably has fallen on deaf ears since it's already the can. Yeah, it's, it's already filmed. Maybe it will. I'm trying to remember. I guess Jeremy Renner was a was kind of funny in Tag. No. Uh, as I'm working my way the, through the, like the bad Hulu movies, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, because you liked Thirty Rock, you're going to love Vacation Friends. And it's like, oh, you messed, you guessed wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought that would look like it might be fun for what it was, but okay, it was fun for what it was, which I, I, was originally clearly meant to be the rock and uh kevin hart but anyway (laughs) (laughs) okay i can see that yep from the commercials i've seen totally see that um see uh because it had that sort of you know john cena is sort of the kind of dumb guy Uh, one of my favorite lines is you know how come everything you touch turns to drugs (laughs) (laughs) That's a total Kevin Hart line. You're right. Exactly. It's much louder when Kevin Hart delivers it. Much higher, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, the opening scene, things go sideways. John Cena's making, you know, margaritas. And uh, guy's like, hmm. He goes, how come this salt doesn't taste like salt? They're like, oh, because it's cocaine. <laughs> like, why would you put cocaine on the, it is like, well, you know, to kind of, you know, get to know you, you know bring in <laughs> okay all right now see I'm, I'm i'm interested in watching it for what it was that, yeah, for what it is i mean if you've uh if you have let's just say take your expectations put them on the floor okay because there's a lot of things that are kind of predictable you, you sort of know how certain things are going to go there's a few things that are unpredictable and some things that I, for whatever reason it's the timing that they work but they don't like uh they, they don't um it's like sparring it's sparring they land the punches but they don't hurt you know it's like the jokes kind of hit you go that's eh, kind of funny you know <laughs> <laughs> all right so we got there because i was going to say i don't don't know that i've ever seen jeremy renner be funny in much and you said because he was in tag that's the only thing i can think of that i see even part of that he's ever been funny in. and he wasn't even the he was like the straight guy in that <laughs> I mean, he was like, he was the one guy that had never been tagged and refused to be tagged. So it was like, um, yeah, so I'm going to think of something he's ever been funny in. So I guess my hopes are dashed. Maybe this will be it. This is a breakthrough comedic performance as Hawkeye. I'm looking at a filmography right now. Let's see. The Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker. Town. That was yeah, funny. Was, oh, yeah. Uh, tag. 
Oh, he was in the house, which I didn't see. Okay, that might have been funny. Um, yeah, not known for his comedic performances. Now, performances you might have laughed at, sure. You know, there's canceling Gretel Witch Hunters. That you might have laughed at, but that doesn't mean it's supposed to be funny. Oh, yeah, the Hansel and Gretel one or whatever. Yeah, yeah that was uh, rough. Yeah, no. They made yeah. a sequel. They did. They did. Holy cow, there is a Hawkeye uh, omnibus hardcover. For the Mad Fraction stories? Uh-huh. It's only $219. It's not that good. <laughs> well, it must be out of print. Therefore, you know, let's double the price. Yeah, no, um, I, it's one of those. I, it's one of those I read from the library, so it cost me nothing. I had, you know, nothing to nothing to lose by reading it one day. I, <laughs> you know, picked up all, all four volumes in one trip and just breezed through it. So, I think yes. I read things years after they come out. But anyway. All right. So yeah, and then I guess so. What if we'll go into either Hawkeye or Miss Marvel? And then I guess next year all bets are off. That's when just, you know, Secret Wars, Secret Invasion and Armor Wars and Ironheart, She-Hulk, yeah. and our good friend Moon Knight. Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah. Turn the lights down low, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's... All of a sudden I want the theme for Moon Knight to be very, very, be very, very light inspired. Be what? Be very, very white inspired. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just a love unlimited orchestra. Moon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a funky jazz. Yeah. yeah. Slow build. I yeah. like it. Yeah. Not the whole Marvel bump, 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 you know, however their yeah, stupid music goes. Marshall. I really don't like the Avengers music. Da, 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 da. It's just sort of like. <laughs> Uh, not uh it's i find it generic I, i'm not gonna hum it you know when like darth vader walks into a room you're not gonna oh, that, um, to um, yeah yeah exactly it's just kind of uh you know that's one thing i think they could just say that and i hadn't thought of it until this now that's something that they could do if they really wanted to because they do it so well with the animated movies and it would work in the james bond for the sense of have a theme song that a popular musician does for all the movies. Oh. Okay. I mean, that's money they're leaving on the table. That's right, because uh, Randy you know, Newman can certainly come up with an Ant Man song. Short people got no reason. Short people got no reason. No reason to live. And it's just a title sequence with like yeah. Paul Rudd kind of, you know, dancing through everything yeah, like yeah. this, well, tip and toe foot, you know, silhouettes. Okay. Now that we're on this, now that we're on this, they missed a huge opportunity uh, by, by not using uh, Snaps the Power during uh, Infinity War. Yes. Power. Boom. Boom, boom. Yeah, with all the Avengers dancing in silhouette and, and some naked chick with guns and smokes and all in silhouette. Very tasteful. But seriously, I mean, Disney and has if they a, don't get Randy Newman, they can have Little Feet do a theme because there you go for Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a couple of those guys left a lot. Um, but seriously, as big of a hit factory as they have there, 
Mm-hmm. Why aren't in as many of these movies and shows as they're cranking out? Why are they leaving that money and those Oscars on the table? Well, hell, just re- repurpose. Nobody lives forever for the Eternals. Nobody lives forever. <laughs> oh. And and the whole title sequence would be like a Jack Kirby esque, with like the oh, infinity beams like circling go. through the whole. Now you're, now you know. you're <laughs> So the Kirby artwork in there? Oh, I like yeah, that. Yeah, like lot. I say, with the two beams, it kind of yeah. you know race through it all the crazy. I mean, they already did it for the backgrounds in Thor. Just <laughs> called Takiti Wahidi or whatever the hell. I can never say his name. It's Takito, isn't it? It's Takito. Yes, Takito <laughs> Wachito. Takito Cheeto. I really don't know. Cheeto, director of Love and Blunder, whatever. <laughs> Oh man! How do you say that, guys? Man, I you know, I think part of it is I just I I see too many vowels and just kind of skip to the end. You know, the W and the T stand out, but I it's like wa ta and I'm done. I keep every time I see it, I'm like, is it named after the android from Buck Rogers? I clicky. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Nope. Uh, I don't even know how to spell his name. Let's just do it this way: Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> there you go. Nineteen. Uh, Taiki or uh, Taika Watiti. Mm-hmm. I just did that wrong. Taika Jim. <laughs> Taquito Wow Titties. What? I don't. <laughs> Takiti Wow Titty. Yeah, that's it. Takito Wow Titty. <laughs> it's a shame I can't get his name right because he does good stuff. He does. <laughs> He's got this sort of off-center sense of humor. Uh, yeah. You know, all of his productions look like everybody on it is having a good time. And maybe and, doing uh, some drugs. I'm not going to lie. Maybe so, but the, the, I think that the fun that the cast is having kind of oh, comes through and makes the movie. It absolutely does. It absolutely does. You know, this is my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So the, the, the boy and I went to see Shang-Chi last week, and I know you haven't seen it, so we won't talk about it. He and I might do, he and I might do a, a sub-episode where we talk about that, if you're cool with that. As fine as it was, it was it as it is. Was it good? It was good. It was okay, good. one of the better Marvel movies in recent memory. It okay, was, good. Here's what I will say. This is the highest praise I can give at this point. Is it was the least MCU movie since like Iron Man. Okay, then. There's okay. enough. There's enough grounded in the MCU, but it's not so beholden to everything that went before it that you can't just enjoy the movie on its own merits. Um, struggled a little in the third act, and you, when you see it, you'll know why. I won't say any more than that. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, is there a cameo by Trevor or Ben Kingsley? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I always liked him. It, it, he was, I, okay. Let's be honest. Iron Man 3 was a pretty good Lethal Weapon movie. Uh, it was better than Lethal Weapon Four, but I don't know that I'd go much higher than that. I'll give it. I'll give it that. Yeah, it was definitely a Lethal Weapon movie. Though. It was definitely. I mean, Shane Black, Christmas, the shipyards, yeah, all, was, all, the, all the tropes, all, all the tropes. Yeah, all the tropes. Um, 
Oh shit! I forgot. Trevor. I had something. Trevor. Trevor, to me, was the best. The was the best red herring. You know, because they just advertised Trevor as the bad guy. He will never see me coming. Yeah. You know. And so now you've got this expectation, and for him to go, they gave me drugs, lots of drugs. It's just like, what oh, the hell is it this? Fle- it does get fleshed out quite a bit more in the movie. He, he's got a larger than small part in it. He's very good. <laughs> oh, good. Um, and the surprising MCU character who shows up the most in the movie, okay, and with, and with well done usage, Wong. Wong. There we go. Wong shows up quite a bit. I like it. Um, no, I am so yeah, looking. F- you know, I've got and, and, the, and the action sequences, the like, the fight choreography is top notch. You can see some Bruce Lee in it. You can see some Jackie Chan in it. It's well done. Like I said, just a little clunky in the third act, as most Marvel movies tend to be. But up until then, it was really well done. Okay then. Yeah, I want to see it. Uh, you do want to go see uh, Black Widow? My wife wants to see Free Guy. We saw Free Guy. Highly and? recommend Free Guy. Okay. Highly recommend Free Guy. It oh, was okay. uh, Ryan Reynolds doing what he does best. Okay. And that's, I mean, mouthing it off. Really, it really kind of depends on your tolerance level for Ryan Reynolds. Mine is very high. Because um, <laughs> I, goddamn, I find him endearing no matter what. Uh-huh. It, it's like he's, I've watched shitty movies with him in it that I really think are funny because he's in them. Like Green Lantern. Well, that was just a shitty movie. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I knew it was in trouble when the director was like, it's a hard concept to get across. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a space cop. It's not that hard. It's not hard at all. Not at all. The elevator pitch, he's a space cop. That's it. I mean, he's got a ring and it works on willpower. Hmm. Mind blown. No, not mind blown. (laughs) You're a schmuck. (laughs) Oh, wait, you work for your network. You're a studio executive. Of course, you're a schmuck. You are a schmuck. Uh, no, but Free Guy, Lauren, I would see it a couple weeks ago because mm-hmm. uh, she's a bigger Ryan Reynolds fan than I am for the obvious reasons. Um, well, but, we rented uh, uh, Hitman's Bodyguard. Hitman's Bodyguard is good. Hitman's Bodyguard's wife is a piece of <laughs> steaming pile. It's bad. It's, it's bad. bad. We saw that. That was Laura and Jack and I would see that um, before he went away to college, and it was not good. And it should be good with. Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson and some Samuel Jackson and some Hayek. There we go. And a lot of gunfire. And a lot of gunfire. <laughs> um, but uh, it was not good. So since we've gone back to the movies, I've seen two Ryan Reynolds movies. Uh, as it turns out. Um, All right then. Free guy. Free guy. Definitely top top drawer. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, the concept is really smart. It's a little Matrix. It's a little Ready Player One. Okay. Uh, corporate conspiracy angle. Oh, yeah. And uh, talk Takito Wow Titty is in it. All right. Takito Wow Titty. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> That's officially his name on our podcast now. Takito Wow Titty. <laughs> wow Titty. Wow Titty. Takito. Takito. T A Q U I T O. Takito Wow Titty. I think the episode's title is pronounced Taquito Wow Titty. <laughs> That's the title of the episode. <laughs> I think so. Taquito Wow Titty. <laughs> um, anyway, so he's in it. Um, 
chick from Kill Eve uh, is in it. Uh, the uh, Steve from Stranger Things is in it. Oh man! Um, but Ryan Reynolds, I mean, he just walked through this thing, um, and he's just solid. I mean, it's I'm not really doing the movie justice, but it's it's worth going to see for sure. We both thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think you really like it. All right then. I was trying to talk to the boys going to see Candyman with me. Or I was curious about the uh, Jordan Peele reboot of Candyman, but he's got to work. So. People say it's a modern horror classic. They say that about everything he does. But, so. They've said that about all of his horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I really liked uh, the first one. I thought Us was okay. That was a little, mm-hmm. a little wonky, quite honestly. Okay. Get Out was good. Get Out was really good. I'm curious to see if he... Not seeing those. So. Definitely should see Get Out. But, it, but horror, horrors, it's not my genre. Get Out, I mean, it's, it's a horror movie. The premise is a horror movie premise, but it's not like, you know, jump scares. and It's more of a thriller. Okay. Um, and I, you'd really dig it. I mean, it's not like, you know, serial killers, with, you know, hockey masks and shit. It's, 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 it's thought out. It's got a good plot. It's got a really interesting premise. And it's well executed. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's not a gore fest because I'm not a big fan of those either. Uh, but uh, yeah, that one's that one's good. Us, was it us? Yeah, the second one was just okay. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's my review of a five-year-old. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that cool hand Luke. That was a good one too. <laughs> That's right. We'll be reviewing uh, all of Paul Newman's big hits from the seventies. Stick around. We'll be getting. uh, Stick around for our thoughts on Slapshot. (laughs) Absence of malice next week. (laughs) We're going to dedicate an entire episode to Butch Cassidy's Sunday's Kid. How it ties into the Marvel Universe. How it ties into the Marvel Universe. I think we found a podcast. And then, we finally and the, stumbled upon a podcast premise. Paul Newman movies that tie, just tie everything to the MCU. Yeah, we'll just start reviewing old movies and tie them to the uh, MCU. <laughs> it's your classic prison film. Uh, not unlike when Thor is on the planet and has to fight for his life. It's, it's, it's a classic scene where Thor says, I can eat 50 eggs. <laughs> <laughs> My boy, my boy, the Hulk can eat 50 eggs. <laughs> there it is. There it is. There it is. And Jeff Goldblum is the walking boss. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, perhaps, perhaps we have a failure uh, um, to communicate. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. A, a failure. A failure. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Mm, yes, yes, I see. Ah, yeah. uh, let's see. Can okay. I get you an apartment? What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So that's, that's a interesting premise, actually. I like it a lot. Although I think it would be Hulk saying that my boy Thor can eat 50 eggs. Since, yeah, because he's more of the. Since Paul Newman is the God Christ figure. <laughs> and, and Hulk is more of the George Kennedy figure. The drag line. <laughs> yes. My boy Thor, look at my boy. <laughs> Eat eggs. 
<laughs> Thor eat eggs. Ah. Hey, bro, Thor eating <laughs> eggs. <laughs> I believe if we're gonna do I this, can see I Thor staggering through <laughs> down, you know, Asgard cutting the heads off parking meters. Put the hammer. <laughs> Sitting up flying over the rainbow bridge. Wing! <laughs> shaking the tree, boss. Shaking the tree. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, yes, with Valkyrie washing the car and those guys working the line. <laughs> the Warrior Three. The <laughs> All right, then. So <laughs> next week, we'll do Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that should be fun. Because it's clearly a riff on Ant-Man. <laughs> well, it's how you bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Problem yes, solved. Yes. Problem solved. It's Planet of the Apes is how you introduce <laughs> the Fantastic Four. You know, cosmic rays, time slips. I don't know. <laughs> Michael Chiklis screaming at a statue. You've done it, you. God damn you all to hell. <laughs> you missed. You blew it up. Yeah, Those are actually all on HBO Max. I keep thinking I want to sit down one day and just watch them all. The original ones. All five of them are on there. Mm -hmm. But it's <laughs> just the, the originals that tie back to Fantastic Yeah, Four. none of the other stuff. No, 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 no. No. Oh, this will this will work. Which one of the Planet of the Apes movies, the original ones, did you see first? I'm curious, legitimately. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to say because they loop around on themselves. <laughs> Not while you're watching them. Well, no, 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 because you start with Planet of the Apes and then return to the Planet of the Apes. No, 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 no. Beneath the second. What? Beneath. beneath. What's the one with the Morlocks or That's equivalent beneath. of the Morlocks? That's beneath. beneath. And then it's escape. And then so return. Back to modern day Earth. And start the uh, whole then, ape revolution. Exactly. And then it's the one with Ricardo Montalban. And there's a fifth one that exists out there. Where okay. I'd start with the first one and watch them all the way through. Yeah, no, I, I I was asking you personally, do you remember which one you saw first? Oh, I saw the first one first. Did you? Okay, because I think I saw, if we take the TV show out of the equation, because I'm pretty sure I saw that first. I saw Beneath the first. So I saw huh? the second one, I saw the second movie first. One, and I can tell you when, because this is what an effect Planet of the Apes had on my life as a, as a young man. Came home from a baseball game, a buddy of mine from the team was spending the night, and we picked up food. And it was like a Friday night, late night movie, and it was beneath the Planet of the Apes. And those dudes started peeling off their faces and shit. And I'm like, what is happening? And where can I see more? <laughs> and it's been Planet of the Apes ever since. No, I remember seeing the first one. Um, it must have been on TV. Um, and then I don't remember seeing the rest of them in order. Uh, you know, seeing them bits and pieces. I remember the TV series. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I remember seeing the first one and then the battle for the planet of the apes where they blow everything up, which I guess is the last one, and and didn't really know about the ones in the middle or <laughs> no. 
the time movie, the time. The time one, yeah. See, I think I've seen because the the third one is Escape. That's the one to go back. Third one is Escape. That's where they go back to the seventies and then start the whole thing over again. And I think I've seen that one more than any because it was always seemed to be on like extended cable channels or UHF channels or late night TV growing up. That one, for some reason, I've seen so many times. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Like I said, I do remember the, uh, the series. Yeah. I, I think that's probably where I saw it first at like a neighbor's house while they were watching the TV show, but. Yeah. Yes, one of the early cable channels that yeah, or the 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 local UHF channel, you know, when it was the, the big three PBS and then that wackadoodle channel or two out there at in the thirties. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they did like a local clown show and then <laughs> and uh the movie movie monster runs. movies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, growing up in Lake Charles, my dad from like the cable. Sorry to Dave, I'm 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 ratting you out. <laughs> we had we had some I don't know where he got the cable to the house from, but I know we had this like cable that came into the TV and it had the big the big uh, jaw clip on the back that we could hook to the two screws on the back of the TV. Oh wow! Yeah Ooh. yeah yeah. And we would get the uh, there were three UHF channels in Houston, and we would ah. get those. So we had twenty six, thirty nine, and twenty. Uh-huh. Um, and one of them, thirty nine, was one we liked because it had, it was the one that showed like the great the good shows on the, in the afternoon like Batman and. All the shows you like on the week on the weekday syndication after school. Friday nights they usually do like a double monster movie. Um, it was the first place I ever saw wrestling on a Saturday night. I think they had mm-hmm. some wrestling on there. Um, you know, so those channels were very informative of my childhood. Well, yeah, because they were, you know, uh, it's 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 no Comedy Central, nothing like that. Yes, you 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 got the one weird or two. You got two three weird high number channels mm-hmm. that like it was all bizarro local programming or somebody bought a transmitter got a license and and was just playing shit movies all the time yeah yeah and i mean how many i mean i think i think that really informed our generation's geek culture probably more or at least equally as much as cable tv did because cable tv came in late tweens teen years somewhere in there i don't know but those those lack of uhf that was there when we were little and just i don't know i miss those channels because you never knew what the hell you were going to find you're not there you're you're muted there you are now there you are that that button's tricky it's it's hanging out here that's what she said Mm. yes no those, those like you said the monster movies the local or the, the afternoon syndication stuff oh yeah like yes i do remember i watched batman in indiana grandma's house because it was on well it wasn't one of the wackadoodle dh but it was wtwo the wabash valley you know we got you know, if, if things were going really well at that time uh klfy and lafayette which we got in, in lake charles uh had the rights to batman and they would show it and then it would be in rotation on the UHF channel out of Houston. You could sometimes get an hour and they'd be all out of sync. So you oh. <laughs> don't know who's fighting who at this point, but we had an hour of Batman, so buckle up. 
you know, I, I, I've watched some of the old Batmans and, you know, the, the, the dialogue is cheesy and everything, but they did a lot with like no money. Oh yeah. So when they had the, and you see it in the later, when they have the fights with the bad guys who are wearing a thing that says, you know, henchmen, uh, and they just are on an empty set. It's all blacked out and they've got like six props you know, cardboard shipping containers because they were always fighting with shipping containers and they just <laughs> would jump around the little set and uh, the camera angles are always sideways. And, you know, I mean, it, it, very creative use of uh, no budget. Yeah, so much more so than uh, Green Hornet, which I never saw as a kid, but I found on one of the, uh, the deep cable channels one day. I'm like, oh, well, I've never seen this. Let me watch. I was going to, you know, there's only one season. I figured oh, I'm gonna do this. I got through one episode. And I'm, like, I'm out. It's yeah. it's it makes Batman look Emmy worthy by comparison. <laughs> I think at my grandma's house, they did the show. The showing was Batman half hour, Green Hornet the next half hour. Makes sense. Yeah, and they they played them back to back, and I I don't remember much of the Green Hornet, the car with the flip around things, yeah. you know. It's kind of funny when uh, we lived in Malaysia and, and, and uh, it wasn't until about... How old were you when you lived in Malaysia? I saw you say something about that, like, where's the first place you ever flew? Five? Five. Wow. Yeah. So you were five, so your Stacy was like... Two. A baby? Yeah, so he was little. Two, okay, yeah. Like, right. Yeah, five or six. Um, but yeah, no, no. Um, and I remember we would watch... That there's two things... Okay. First of all, we would watch uh, some of the Hanna Barbera, the 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 Bluebeard's Ghost one. Uh huh. So I remember that one, yep. and then uh, Speed Racer. Uh, but Speed Racer wasn't dubbed into English, and so it wasn't until I was working at the cartoon company, like you know, fifteen, <laughs> twenty years later, that people start talking about Speed Racer. And then they show me this the cartoon, and I realize that yes, I've watched a lot of Speed Racer, just none of it in English. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that was always a big, that was always an exciting one when we would get the, either, we would get the Speed Racer, Batman, Hour. Okay. And they would line those two up. That was always a good one. Yeah. Now the other thing I remember is monster movies where uh snails statues turned into snails what and i don't know maybe maybe it's a fever dream because i think i had the mumps when we were over there but uh <laughs> it's one of these things where i just remember a monster movie where statues would like fall over and break apart and turn into giant monster snails okay see you're not alone in that that i don't i don't know about that one but i have a fever dream remembrance of something that i saw that i can find no reference to because i don't even know how to google search it I, I feel like it was dark shadows adjacent because in my mind it has that same sort of uh visual presentation uh -huh. um but there was like um there was a basement with like a weird floor you know eating people or they were burying people and people were coming out of it. I don't remember. It wasn't Motel Hell, but it, I, it, it, so I'm always like searching for that because I know I saw it or I hallucinated <laughs> it, but I, can't, I don't even know what to search to find the information to prove myself right. So, yeah. That's but it was thing. like, but it was like a Japanese UHF 
channel or Chinese. Wow, or Korean. you're lucky that's all you saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, when you when we talk about like things on the desk. Woo. <laughs> hey, nice segue. Hey, Steve, what's on your desk? Hey, okay, since I'm sitting at the other desk, and maybe I showed this off last week, is the, uh, you know, I helped my friend John build mm -hmm. the, uh, and I decided I'm going to build these robot kits too, because they looked kind of interesting. Yeah, I don't know, did Gundam. I show you the one that was about yay tall? Yeah, teeny tiny Gundam, yeah. Yeah, teeny tiny Gundam. Well, I decided that with, after building two teeny tiny Gundams, I was ready to step it up a notch. Well, what have you done? I haven't done it yet. I'm, we're building it in pieces, but uh, you know, here's here's the box of parts <laughs> for this thing. Is that like a three-inch deep box? Yeah. <laughs> of of like model. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a lot of parts. Okay, so and to give you an idea of scale, okay. So this is the one that I built a couple weeks ago. All right. Mm -hmm. Now a question about this. We go. Okay. So uh, now with those, you know, uh, two new kids, I've never done one. Both thought they were cool looking. Sounds pretty similar. Um, yeah. Do you have options, or do they are they like one direct build? It's one direct build. Okay. Okay. But okay. So so to give you, uh, this is the one that I built in a half an hour. I actually did one at, at today on a Zoom call at work. Because I, I got the kit and I was like, oh, that'll be fun. And anyway, to give you scale, okay. Yeah. And and here's the part that we're comparing the the um, shield here. Okay. Gotcha. The one that I just started building today. Here is the shield. Holy hell! <laughs> is it the same character? Same character. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right then. I don't know how big this thing's going to end up, but <laughs> bigger um, than that one. Way bigger than that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, they, these are actually amazing. Uh, the detail is phenomenal on these things. Because um, <clears throat> they've got it like if you move the arm, mm -hmm. They actually have like a piece that'll extend out. That'll be like cables that extend out. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. So you, um, the shoulder pieces, they have moving parts on the shoulder pieces. Um, yeah, it's actually, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to the end product because I have a feeling it's going to be about, I don't know, that tall. <laughs> head, head large. Head large, yes. So what we need to do is get uh, get us get you to post a photo of the tiny samurai on the on the Instagram and do some updates on the Instagram as you go along. Hashtag Gundam hashtag culture. Yeah, because Frank is like he goes, uh, he was going to build that in one night. No, 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 no. I'm going to build bits and pieces like like tonight. I, I built the head, um, you know, about yay big, and was building some of the weapons, and I might finish up with the shield just to. You know, and then I'll one day I'll build the arms and then that. But these things, these things are crazy articulated. I and they're snap together models. Um, snap together? They don't even require glue. Don't even require glue. That's all snap together. So you don't even get to get high out of it. 
not well no you don't which is a shame but i mean i could open like a paint or a thinner and just it. have just it sitting out it, just leave it open yeah yeah <laughs> just take the model glue and just spread it around put it under your you know put lips like a, yeah. where it always is. so is it oh ooh, orange peel yes. uh <laughs> yes so yeah frank is like what's what prompted you to do this so i go i you know i worked the booth I, I looked at the kits it looked interesting it just seems fun you know we talked about like building models as kids and uh when i lived in denver we used to build model kits all the time and it was you know uh mustangs and corvette uh, you know all the world war ii aircraft oh yeah, yeah for sure i had a shelf full of them yep yeah and then yeah, you build them huh had a pinto with <laughs> an articulated uh, rear hatch oh man see that would have been great for like when we screwed a model up then it went into war and we'd like get fireworks from wyoming and you you know it, it, like if you cut the end of the stick off of a bottle rocket and yeah. don't put it into a rocket, it doesn't go anywhere. Right. It just melts the back half of the wing and then blows the wing apart. Not like like an explosion where you got little pieces of shrapnel, but like the the seam, because you're like we're like going yeah na 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 oh no the wing's on fire and expecting this explosion to like blow the wing into pieces and it just snapped it like oh well click it back down it's and do it again. The thing was one day that Pinto fell off my shelf and burst into flames. Burst into flames. <laughs> See, the Pinto would have been that. a good kit for those bottle rockets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it's a rear end collision at a stop sign. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> oh, man. So I figured, what the hell, I'll give it a so shot. Look, I painted it red so it looked like Pete Jackson's Pinto from Charlie's Angels. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Flames down the side. <laughs> That's the Merc Major. Look at the movie. <laughs> but oh yeah. So anyway, I figured I'll give it a shot, and That's maybe it'll help me relax. A, I haven't done a model in a million years. Closest I've come was doing like Pinewood Derby cars with the boys. Those were a nightmare because I ended up doing that by myself. Yeah, we did. We did a Pinewood Derby. I told you. It was a charity event and contractors built Pinewood Derbies. So like a mechanical contractor made theirs out of like a block of aluminum and, you know, water jet cut the thing out. So it, it was lightweight, but heavy. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of guys from the body shop at GM, because they were one of the sponsors, uh, had like carbon fiber material. Wow. This thing uh it, you like just set it on a table and it took off you know yeah, and i to, mean they just smoked they everybody it was in shitty wheels no they did not oh, they, they, it doesn't matter what the body's made out of you use those shitty plastic wheels which you have to sand the nubs off of <laughs> they just roll 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 stop slide yeah <laughs> oh no they oh. they um they machined everything wow and uh they they had snuck a little graphite powder into the axles mm -hmm. i mean this thing it did it looked like this wicked batmobile carbon fiber thing it met the weight requirements because they built it out of like this lightweight space material <laughs> and uh it, i mean it just it, it was Here, here's the thing that happened when i was when i was building mine with the boys um i recall dad and i making mine when i was a kid and he, he didn't have access to uh, 
took carbon fiber, our no. machined aluminum. But what he did have one year that we used for the weight in mind, <coughs> he bored a hole in it. He brought mercury from the, because <laughs> he worked on the pipeline and they used it in the gauges. He had this little tube of mercury. I had this, I had this toxic car. We filled it full of mercury, then, then wood putty over the hole. So it would just wherever it went, it was front weighted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, probably have cancer, but you know, I did well in the Pinewood Derby when I was nine. <laughs> I remember we were at my grandmother's house, and somebody we were working on it in my uncle's uncle's shop, which was where they banished the grandchildren. It had been a, a floral shop that was just it was the shop, and that's where we yeah. banished. And Dad and I were working on it. There was a glass table. He spilled some mercury on the table. And I was trying to put Don't touch it. Don't touch it. I remember that. I'm like, well, it's cool. Don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> It'll make you insane. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put it in your hat. <laughs> yeah. Let's just steam it into your clothes. <laughs> so, yeah. I had the cancer mobile for the Pinewood Derby one year. But I liked it. That was it. Did he have it in a vial or was it yeah, loose it was, inside it was the a, car? It was a little plastic. No, no, no. We squirted it into the car. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, no. Into the, I said he bored a hole. I thought maybe he had it the tube. Oh, no, no, no. He had a little squeeze bottle that he took from the, from the factory, from the plant. <laughs> and, and then we would put it over the hole. And then one day it showed up at my house as an adult. I'm like, I don't want that. <laughs> well, it's your car. I don't. It's full of mercury. Get rid. Throw it away. I don't want it. Not a tuna. You're poisoning me. <laughs> I told Lauren just you can't get that out of our home. <laughs> taking it out to the recycling place, but I uh, that thing's gotta go. Wow. Yeah. I like that. I mean, that that that's ingenious because it really was. It, all you gotta it, do is it, tilt it forward and city <laughs> 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 plastic wheels or not, it's heavy enough, it's rolling. <laughs> That to me sounds like a god damn it, I'm I'm tired of losing this fucking race. <laughs> you know my dad. <laughs> my dad would do it too if he yeah. had access to it. Oh our yeah, that's, I mean that's what our dads were. Like, this is, they, they were problem solvers. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that was it. My dad and I doing the, the axe throwing, right? Okay. Was it just y'all or was the whole family? It was just us. Okay. My mom was there, but we're we're it's harder than it looks, you know, and that's what I even said to them. I go, you know, in the movies, the Indian just picks it up and chucks it across the field of battle and kills the kills custard. And this is nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, to be jingoistic. Anyway, so <laughs> you got to throw it and you got to throw it and throw it just right. So you put a spin on it so it'll dig in. So my dad and I do this for about a half an hour. And towards the end of it, we've figured out now how to get it to bite. Mm -hmm. okay. And it's just now me and my dad uh, calling shots for the other one. Nice. It's like blue dot, upper right hand corner. Oh, man. <laughs> and turn it into a competition. And then uh, basically uh, the guy's like, you guys want to, you know, nobody's here. You want to go an extra half hour. And I'm like, I've been top golf, real golf. And now I've been axe throwing. I don't think I can lift my left arm above my <laughs> shoulder. Uh <laughs> But uh, if you get a chance to do it, it actually, it ends up being more uh, interesting in a lumberjack kind of way. Like, look at me. I'm a real man. I could go out and chop down trees. 
uh, kind of way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Give me some flannel. Uh, as stories about our fathers go, here's one you'll appreciate. Um, my dad, um, the, when we lived uh, in Lake Charles, he worked in Kinder, which is Kinder, Louisiana, um, between Lafayette and Lake Charles, up with one of the highways. Anyway, uh, it's now the home of the largest Indian casino in Louisiana. Oh, nice. Um, and when we had first moved to Lake Lafayette, we'd never had a fireplace before. The house had a fireplace. My dad, not going to pay for wood. We're going to chop our own wood. Well, as it turns out, I believe they were clearing the land for the casino back then. Because <laughs> two years, two Januaries, or late fall, it was cold as fuck. We went out to this place. The gentleman that worked for him, with him, referred to his chief. Um, <laughs> And uh, we were led out to this place where they felled all these trees, and we were allowed to just cut away, they... load up the truck. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we helped clear the land for the Indian casino. Oh, man. <laughs> pretty sure we did that. Yeah. Well, here's what I wanted to do. One more thing. I, I, I did actually look up the, uh, the characters from the Contest of Champions to try and sort out who were the one note uh, jingoistic? You said jingoistic, it reminded me. Talisman. Let's see. Talisman was. Oh, that's not the right one. Never mind. I got to do. I'll do that next time. I got to get the information together. Never mind. I looked up the list and it's not telling me what I want. Here's what I will do in the, in the interim. Uh, I have a game on my phone. Uh, it's the. What is it called? It's the Marvel Contest of Champions, as it turns out. And it's one of those, like, you know, side scrolling fighting games. You know, something I can just tap on mindlessly. And over time, you accumulate characters and blah, blah, blah. And I've been playing with the same bunch of characters because they were my, my highest ranked ones. And the other day, I'm like, I'm bored. What else have I got here? And I started scrolling through this, all these characters that I've accumulated. I'm like, there's some really cool Kirby-looking shit in here. I'm putting together a team. So I, okay. I, like, so I have uh, Modoc. Nice. Uh, Mangog. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, Super Scroll. Okay. Annihilus. Oh, Funko is making an Annihilus pop. Oh. That actually looks pretty good. Nice. That you okay. kind of go, huh, I would own that just on the sake of having, or just, just to explain what it is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so the, let's see, my fifth one is, oh, I forgot. Uh, hang on. I'm looking. But I was like, let's make the weirdest looking team I can come up with out of. Oh, it is uh, Korg, the, the rock guy from Thor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's Modok, Annihilus, Mangog, Super Scroll, and Korg. That's my fighting five. I like it. Is I that the do. team name, the fighting five? <laughs> In my head. Name the team, that's what I call them. <laughs> <laughs> One of the coolest things is I've not played is Modok a lot. Uh, I noticed uh, one of his like his heavy attack. If he's in close, his, he tilts the chair and just jets the flame out the bottom. Uh -huh. Oh, and burns your enemies to a yeah. crisp. Yeah, nice. Yeah, big fan of that attack. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Oh. Hmm. oh well, we didn't get to talk about Moon Knight. Well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, uh, if the if the clips of his costume 
uh, hold oh, true. Yeah, we were, yeah, I, I, I yeah, you. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was looking at, it, I was just thinking about it. Okay, so hear me out. He, Spectre dies in the desert. Mm-hmm. They wrap him up like a mummy and throw him in the tomb. So he comes out all sort of wrapped in that gay gauzy linen shit with the moon thing mm-hmm. strapped to his chest and uh, I don't know, grabs the what 5,000 year old shroud off of the statue and off we go. I like it. That's a, that's a really <laughs> good idea. I, I, I hope you're right. That makes perfect sense. Well, we won't know until after we see, I think on Saturday Night Live, they called it Hawkeye and his lame ass family. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a Linda Cardellini fan, but there's no need for that family to be involved. Nah, nah. But, you know, I, I did read like a, a, a blurb about the storyline you're talking about. And it's like, okay, that, that actually would be fun and mm-hmm. kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like the series where they do sort of the fun and the unexpected. And if they can do them without having to service the greater MCU, then I'd be even better with it. And I think I think that's why I enjoyed Shang Chi so much. Like I said, it doesn't carry as much water for the MCU as everything has had to. And like and, Iron Man Two was horrible in that regard. Well, you it know, it got worse and worse. And, I, and maybe maybe the 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 projects the phases shouldn't be so long. Maybe that's what it was because the movies became so beholden. You had to remember X, Y, and Z from movie three uh-huh. for, for this to land. I don't know. I, I hate to be the guy you know, disparaging superhero movies at my age because I'm so glad to have them, quite frankly. But I think they need, in, it's working clearly and making a shit ton of money. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, yeah. They're not going to change anything. But, no, uh, not for us. No. Um, Never for us. <laughs> here's the interesting Disney rumor I heard this week. The rumor is that they are looking to buy the WWE. Who Disney? Yes. Uh, okay. Why? Well, I don't know the answer to that. I and mean, like I said, it's a rumor I read somewhere, so take it at face value. But. No, it wouldn't I, have been that we got this covered, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I know you know WWE's been releasing a lot of talent and they brought in a new guy to run the business ops. So he started cutting contracts. Really? To fix the books. So so there's a very real chance they're looking to sell. The original thing was they were gonna sell rumor was they were gonna sell the NBC, which made more sense since they're on Peacock and they have a long standing relationship with the network. But I'm thinking Let's see. They sold to Disney. How does that work? Uh, I was just started going, oh, we're going to Disneyfy the WWE. So that'll do away with Hell in a Cell. Uh, there'll be no blood. Nope. Um, but at this point, it's so homogenized. I'm not sure that it makes any difference. Connor and I watched the uh, AEW pay-per-view the other night, which was... Uh-huh. Not as good as WrestleMania 17, but damn near as good as WrestleMania 17. Okay. And there was a tag team cage match that was so bloody, so brutal. It was the, the two luchadors, uh, Penta Zero M and 
Ray Phoenix, who, for my money, may be the best wrestler on the planet, by the way. Um, and the Young Bucks. And uh-huh. the Young Bucks, of course, at some point started tearing masks and people were bleeding. And the luchadors were bleeding so much. Like, the uh, Penta, like, I'm not sure if he, if he blew a blood vessel in his eye or he just had that much blood in his eye at one point. His eye was red uh-huh. on the inside. But he kept having to, like, wipe his face because you could see the blood just rushing down under from under his mask got into his face paint and i'm like i mean it was something and um anyway um they do those things now okay. <laughs> else, you don't bleed in the wwe anymore for any reason no 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 but i mean they bleed on regular tv on AEW. connor and i were watching uh one from last night earlier i had a guy from japan minoru suzuki and and he Cut himself deep over his right eye. He came up in the mat one time, and his whole oh. right side of his face was just crimson. I don't know how I got over this tangent, but um, sorry. No, no, I you know it's just Disney buying WWE. Yeah, but I remember it was when in Dallas, where that one guy cut himself in the match, and you and I were both like, "Oh, he went too far." Yeah, <laughs> that little promotion in Dallas, yeah, so that yeah. guy came up. It was oh, just he like, himself uh, he's going to pass out before the match is over. <laughs> Somebody needs to pin him now. Um, <laughs> Storylines be damned. He needs help. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I guess my point is there's like, maybe Disney wants access to some of the characters. I don't know. And again, it's a rumor and I'm speculating and I don't even know why I brought it up. But um it's an interesting idea. I just don't know how it's executed. See, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. If they don't yeah. own a wrestling company, they own everything else. Yeah, why not? It's just down the street in Florida. Right. If they have to close the state, they know they can still operate the house shows. <laughs> <laughs> or they could make, you know, Mickey World at uh, Disney or uh, Wrestling like World. Yeah. <laughs> The mean streets. <laughs> Welcome to Mean Streets. It's a Freebird themed uh, ride. Uh, <laughs> Bad Street USA. Bad Street, that's it. Bad Street USA. There's Main Street USA. And then and Bad, Street. Bad Street, which is like the same thing, but the decor, it's like graffiti, trash cans. The further down the block, you went the battle hit. God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Do my best, Michael Hayes, into the microphone on the camera. There we go. Yeah. So that would be, they could do something like that. But it is interesting because I have noticed like, you know, you, you every time you go into one of those wrestling rumor mill things, oh. it's like, oh, wow, WWE just cut ties with, uh, you know, everybody but Sheamus or something like that. Well, that was the thing. They've cut so many people. They keep popping up on AEW. Like uh, there's one guy and, and the contracts have, if they release you, they have a 90 day non-compete clause. Okay. It's kind of. This is all kind of standard knowledge in the, on those rumor mills, right? But there was yeah, one yeah. guy that they did. Oh, they hold a, yeah, loser leave town thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was one guy. I mean, I guess the contracts are different if you're in NXT or if you're in the main roster. There was one guy they promoted to the main roster and not adjusted his contract, and they cut him into 30-day non-compete. <laughs> so oh. he showed up in AEW like 30 days to the day, and like, <laughs> apparently people in Connecticut were very freaked out. But the other night, uh, and then CM Punk came to AEW about three huh? weeks ago. He showed up and it was huge. They brought him back in Chicago, his hometown. That was a big damn deal. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday night, 
they had one of the women they sh- they cut show up and win the women's battle royal. Then they had a guy that they had that essentially let his contract expire, so there's no non compete in that case. Adam Cole showed up. So that's basically and, just get in the car and drive over. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Three, two, one. Let's do this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, but but he shows up at the end of the show after the main event, and it looks like that's going to be the big reveal. And they're in the ring, and Kenny Omega's cutting his goodnight promo, and all of a sudden, the uh, Flight of the Valkyrie starts playing, and uh, uh, Brian. Uh, Daniel Bryan slash Brian Danielson shows up and the roof comes off the place. So they, they essentially like in the span of like two minutes debuted two huge guys in the WWE did not get back under contract. And I mean, they have changed in the last month, they have changed the landscape kind of tectonically by adding punk and Cole and, mm-hmm. and Danielson. It's just nuts. Well, I, I do remember, um, there was like one of those where they released a whole bunch of people is one of the, you know, like the midnight massacre type things. Yeah. Uh, a WWE Homer, if there could be such a thing. Well, there can. And he was just like, uh, I guess a Mark, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He was just like, Oh man, it's part of the strategy. Vince is going to cut his budget, get his expenses under control, letting the big, contracts walk out and he's going to sink AEW under the weight of all these contracts. They're not going to be afforded to pay it and he's going to destroy them. That's how he's doing it. Vince is a mastermind genius, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, eh. or he's like 75 and he's just like, no, I'm not giving the company to Triple H. We're done. <laughs> There's that because apparently he's taken uh, taken over NXT with Triple H is running. So he's apparently, What's that? He, apparently he's taken over uh, NXT with Triple H was running. So um, oh really? Yeah. So they've given that a refresh. They had this really cool black and gold logo, and then there was a new logo that had swirl rainbow colors in it. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. I don't know. I've always said, um, you know, you know how I feel about Vince McMahon. I don't think he's a genius. I think he was smart in the '80s, but he's never really been able to develop his own talent. He's always been really good at picking talent from other places. That's how he got huge by cherry picking the best wrestler in all the territories until there were no territories. Um, and then he played, you know, footsie with WCW. Um, but now there's nowhere for him to go. There's nowhere for him to see a developed character. And he's, what, 75, 80 years old. He has no idea what the modern wrestling fan wants to see. Right. And so I, just, I think he's out of touch. And, um, but unwilling to admit it. So whatever. Well, I, I just think that the health of the industry, sport, whatever you want to say, um, I think you need to have multiple viable major promotions. Oh, uh, if for nothing to push each other, uh, one show doesn't have enough airtime to give everybody a shot. And not you need you, to have that, you, that not mix. Not when you have everybody, not when you have every main eventer under contract under contract there's not enough time right and that's what's been the problem for years and that's why these guys are you know not renewing their contract letting them fire and jumping ship i mean it's, it's going to be cyclical some of these aew guys are eventually going to go over there but they'll push them out they, yeah. the new guys will push yeah. the old guys out yeah. they'll go somewhere else they'll get yeah. their shit mojo going and then which is fine that's which is what it, it should what be it needs yeah that's that's what, and we'll get off wrestling soccer in a minute but that is why the territory system worked so well, so well for as long as it did, because a guy could leave after nine months, a year, go somewhere else, 
be fresh. Start all over. Nobody's seen Kevin Sullivan outside of Florida. Exactly. Uh, you know, yeah. Unless you were Von Eric and you had to stay in Dallas. Because um, Poppy wouldn't let you leave. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, you'd see. There's only one way you're leaving this town, boy. <laughs> it's in a body okay. bag, apparently. Yeah. Bag. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah How dark did we want that to go? Yeah. Well, let's see. We were on the same page. So, um, but yeah, I mean, those guys traveled and they were able to stay fresh or tweak their character. So when they came back around, it wasn't the same thing. You didn't always have the same cast of characters. It rotated on both sides. And so you can have a guy like, Dick Murdoch, which I watched some of his matches the other day. I watched a Dick Murdoch Bruiser Brody match, which was insane. <laughs> um, but you can have Dick Murdoch go to Georgia, and then he can go to the WWF and be the crazy Southern guy and come back and he can be a Marine, which I don't think he ever was, but it was his gimmick for a while. He, yeah. you know, and but it was it allowed for that refresh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we had the best of, you know, being there in, in Lafayette. So we got Georgia and we got Dallas and we got Mid-South. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, those that talent always was crossing over and you're just like, you know, yes, it was it was good to see them. And, 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 and I think that's what the, they need to bring back a Fed system. I know wwe had jim Cornette's ohio valley thing for a while and whatever to bring up I, and train people yeah i've always thought they if anybody because they have the talent and they have the, the finances to do it could do regional promotions and have their wwe champion travel and you could do i mean i mean it it seems to write itself to me i don't but that would be an admission to from vince that he needs that regionalism, and that's not something he's never going to admit because that's not his vision. No, he he sees the global thing, and it's like, no, I, I honestly think you need to. It's better for the thing. It's just better for the industry. I mean, your talent's going to get better if they're performing every night. And performing for different kinds of crowds. Yeah, yeah. If you're always doing a raw show in front of a raw audience on a raw taping, I mean, you're just you're going, going to. to the, it's the same thing over and over. The and same they, shtick. Yeah. No, work a crowd full of local yokels who spit <laughs> on Adrian Street. Why don't you? Uh, she spat on me. One she spat the, on me. One of the best wrestling characters of all time. Adrian Street. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm putting a picture of Adrian Street on the top of this post. I like um, it. I like it. He, um, the exotic Adrian Street. Who was a legitimate badass. Yes, yes, but just flounced around the ring and and. Uh, do you remember when he won the television title in Mid South and Terry Taylor? Is that when he kissed him on the mouth? Yes. <laughs> and I don't know who was more shocked. <laughs> the guy in the front row or Terry Taylor? Um, just grabbed him and like, tongue kissed him and rolled him up. It was uh, that, yes, exactly. It was perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> I, I used to when we go to Mississippi, we every once in a while we'd be able to catch a, a Continental, which was out of Alabama, and he was there for a long time. Adrian Street was. Oh, really? And you can imagine. You know how I played in Louisiana. Imagine how I played in Alabama. Yeah, the, yeah. You want to talk about heel heel heat? <laughs> he painted their title belt pink to make it prettier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
the question is, which was a more of an insult to the uh, to the fan base at the time, the open mouth kiss or the pink title belt? Strangely, it's going to be the pink title belt. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Which uh, which is troublesome on a lot of different <laughs> levels. <laughs> I'm going to find one of those old Asian Street uh, music videos and post on the Facebook page when we're done here. Oh my God. Something so feminine about a cowboy or I'm in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> Exotic Adrian Street, outrageously attired, effeminate character. <laughs> he was so good, man. Oh, he was so good. I had read about him in the wrestling magazines for years. And then he showed up, they started showing those videos and he was coming to me. So I was legitimately excited to see this guy. Oh, he had like the, the, the blonde hair pulled back. And oh, yeah, yeah. The, ponytails. The ponytails and the weird, like the long sideburns that were dark. <laughs> and then like the butterfly face paint. Oh, he was great. And like the leather bondage gear for his ring attire and the platform. He was like a glitter rock guy. That's really all he was. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he, he gold dust before. <laughs> but, uh, he said that uh, Dusty clearly watched uh, his matches. And Dusty's son paid even more attention. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. All right. I think, I think oh, that's the one. I'm, there's one of his songs. This is the one I want to post. Imagine okay. what I could do to you. Yes, 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 yes. So the title of the episode is Taquito Wow Titty with a picture oh. of Adrian Street. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's it. Here it is. This is how we'll finish. Taquito Wild Titty, imagine what I could do to you. <laughs> and that, my friend, is how we're going to end the end of the show. <laughs> All right, so that's all over the map tonight, but a lot of fun all the way around. That's episode. We had exotic Adrian Street chat. That's exciting for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, Right, yeah, send 20. that to Morehouse. <laughs> I'm going to, believe me. Um, let me bring him on next time. Um, we need to. Um, anyway, episode 28, Slurp Toast, the podcast. We're done. That's it for the night, kids. We'll see you. And until then, I'm still Bruce. I'm still Steve. And imagine what we could be doing. <laughs>